0: It's a great blessing to be here. Thank you so much for everything you have done for us. You have uh, provided a very nice motel for me to stay and provided a rental car and provided an airplane tickets. That is way above and beyond that I expected. Thank you so much. I could not be here If your church is willing to uh, help missionaries who are on deputation and raising funds and trying to get to the field and preach the gospel to the lost and dying world, thank you again for everything. I'm not a great preacher, but I hope whatever I bring tonight will help you, encourage you about missions. As many of you know, I've said this morning, without missions, I would still be lost. Without missions, I could have already died and been in hell today. I'm very grateful for a missionary who left his home behind, crossed many miles, hours in an airplane, and get to the place out of his comfort zone. But he gave his life so he can take the gospel to the people that are lost and far from God. Standing here, I'm just one of the fruits of the work of missions through this missionary. If many of my friends who got saved in that Christian school, if they would line up in this room, there will not be a space, place, space in this auditorium. Say, so, said, wow, <laughs> a one missionary could make a difference in a country that God is not exposed and the Bible is not exposed. But truly, if I would say, <clears throat> behind that missionary was the man and woman. Behind that missionary was the independent Baptist church who believed in missions, Behind that missionary was a man and woman who hold the missionary up in prayer and giving and support and help that missionary. And because of many people that have helped that missionary, that missionary has reached so many people for the Lord. Imagine when I stand before God in heaven, there will be my mother, there will be my nephew... They'll be my brother. But not just them. There were people that I reached out with the gospel. Now I personally led them to the Lord. And there will be no faces. And those are the only people that's going to be in heaven. We're not taking our riches. We're not taking our homes. We're not taking our bank account in heaven. There is no need. There is no place for that in heaven. But what we're taking in heaven is the soul of man because of our labor, of prayer, and our, our faith in God, what we have done to spread the gospel into the whole world that people has been reached because of our labor, of our love, our giving. Those are the peoples that it will be in heaven. It always, it always amazes me to know that Jesus Christ's coming is imminent. That means any time. And if Jesus Christ comes back, church service will be over, supporting missions will be over, showing up church on early in the morning will be over, cleaning the auditorium will be over, everything will be whole will be over. The Bible says Jesus Christ will come in the clouds and all who are saved will meet him in the air and we will be taken up to heaven. But I'm glad that he's not coming soon because I've got people that I love and need to reach. I have seven sisters. They hate me. I've never done anything wrong. But because of the choice I made to answer the call and serve the Lord with all my heart, they didn't like me. I love them. And I pray that someday that God will open their eyes and bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And what a glory day that will be. My desire, my prayer is that seeing them saved. As Paul said, in, he said, my desire and his jail was for the people of Israel that they will be saved. I believe many of you have loved ones too. If you don't reach, out, <laughs> reach them, they will spend eternity in hell. I regret every time when I stand and look at the Word and share God's Word that I could have reached my Father, but I never, I was not able to. I would never, ever see my Father again. All I would have carried with me on this earth was the memories, the places we have been, things we have done. It was like Father and Son, but I would never see Him again. I wish I got saved. I wish somebody reached to my father before it was too late. The title of my message tonight is, What God Can Do with One Person. You think one person is impossible to do everything. But if one person is in the hand of the Lord, he can do a lot for the Lord. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 9, I will start with verse 36, 37, and 38. The Bible says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad, as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And ending of the verse of the chapter, it says, Pray therefore... The Lord of the harvest, that He will send forth laborers into His harvest. I think many of us, we know the field is the world, well, and the harvest is the coming of Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ comes back, He will gather all the believers who have trusted God by faith upon Jesus, what He has done for them. <coughs> It'll be the saddest time in the whole entire whole world, and almost always. The, also, it's going to be the scariest time in the whole world. We see tsunamis come, we see hurricanes come. A lot of us we fear, we tremble about our lives. But the saddest and dangerous time is the coming of Lord Jesus Christ. Many of us who believers will be caught up, taken to heaven, but people who that rejected Jesus Christ will be left behind. The Bible says there will be seven years a period of time of pain and agony. I'm glad I'm not the one who will stand behind and witness and suffer through the tribulation period because I have put my faith and believe in Jesus Christ and when Jesus Christ comes back, I'll be with Him. I'll have a home in heaven. That will be the worst moments of the time. People will run for their lives to try to find hope, try to suicide and die, but they will not. They will see the strangest, worst things they've ever seen in their life. I'm glad. I don't have to see that. When Jesus stood with his disciple, he had the compassion, his heart was broken. Because there was a multitude. Lost and dying without hope. He stood with his disciple and he said, Pray. It's like pastor standing in front of you say, can we pray? We have a need. Can we pray for this family? Can we pray for that? Jesus stood with his disciples and said, can we pray? What was the prayer about? The prayer was about labors and the harvest. Who are the laborers? You think the laborers are the pastor and missionary or evangelist, the laborers is us. You say I'm too old. <laughs> You're a laborer. You say I'm too young. You're a laborer. And we have work to do. I love looking at the cornfields. in up in Ohio, you drive to the cornfield when the year begins. The field is all green, but when the harvest time comes. You see these huge machines going around and chopping and slicing. That is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. In my place in New Guinea, you don't see those machines. You are the machine. <laughs> you dig and you shovel and you shake the ground. And uh, you plant and you seed. You, you, you kill the weeds. When it's time, uh, time for the harvest, you're the machine. You go out and you harvest. You pick and you cut and chop and pack. Aren't you glad you have machines that you can rely on machines? <laughs> but in New Guinea, you have to depend everything on your own hands. I was born and raised in a sweet potato farm. It is a lot of work. After school, I went, I went to government school first. But they decided they were, they were going to put me out of government uh, school and put me in a Christian school. But that was the biggest mistake they've done in their life. They had high high expectations, knowing I would be the chief and uh, very well educated. And uh, uh, they can look up to me for all the solutions and equations and answers. But God has a perfect plan. God saved me through this Christian school. And they were very disappointed. But I'm glad God did I love watching those machines. When harvest times come, the machines harvest. How many acres of then, the machine can in one night harvest that fuel and send the crops to the factory and process. And in a th- not too long, we find them in Walmart, and you end up in a dining table. How amazing is that? But the same practical. The Lord has a harvest, has a field, and the fields are the four corners of this earth. Who are the laborers? They're not machines. They're not made in a factory. But the machines we are formed by the very hand of the Master. Perfectly put together. So we can reach out the four corners in the harvest field of God and get the fields ready for the Lord. My friends, when Jesus Christ comes back, there will be no more work in the harvest field. It will be a time of harvest. It will be a time of joy. It will be a time of... It is, it will be a, words cannot describe it, cannot be put in words, but it will be a very special moment. Preacher won't have to spend all days and night trying to get a sermon ready for the next Sunday service. Archers don't have to stand behind the doors trying to carry the love offering. Some systems don't have to stare at the screen and the backboard trying to make sure everything is working all right. In the Old Testament, God has used the man of the Old Testament's some are very common men that God has used. Some are men that God used that are unknown to us. God has used the ladies in the Old Testament to accomplish His work. Some of those ladies show out in the Bible. Some of them, the Bible never even mention them about. But God has used them in a great and mighty way. In the church times, God has used Apostle Paul. Every time when I read the whole account of Acts, it it gives me, you see, when we read and look at Paul, life of Paul, Paul was not ashamed, Paul was not afraid, Paul was not scared of any person. He was put in prison, he was stoned, he was robbed, he was in a shipwreck. But Paul, passion for the Lord was so vibrant. Paul was, Paul was, had a, Man who has the power of God in his life, because of what, how God has used. We have the New Testament in here, and we have the whole account in Acts. One time, Paul was let down through a wall of a window, because, afraid of his life. We see the gospel to receive it is free, but to share the gospel, it will cost your life. We read in the missionary biographies about missionaries giving their life to take the gospel. They go and they die in the mission field. I read an account so touching and so sad about the five missionaries who went to the native people and died on the hand of the spears of the native people. You say, what a great tragedy. What a, what a sad account. No, it was not. It was a God's way of opening the door so the gospel can reach the hard-hearted people of the native India people. After they dead, died, God opened the door. And the gospel went through. I was watching a, a show of one of the men giving a testimony he got saved after the event, and he would stand and testify. It was so touching. My wife and I, I'm taking my family to the mission field. We don't know what lays in the future. But we are not afraid. Whatever that God holds, He will reveal His reals. If, if we will pay our life for the gospel. Glory to God, because the gospel is the main purpose. Gospel is the main thing that I lost and nine words to hear. Before I got saved, my life was all about me. What I think is bad, what I want to do is best, what I choose is best. What I think was good about me. But I came to realize after I got saved, it was not my life. It belongs to God. And if God wants to do whatever He wants wants to accomplish in your life, He will accomplish it. And that's the main goal of my life. Let God use and accomplish His will in our, our life. The prayer is still there. Pray there for the Lord of the harvest. The prayer has not... Been fulfilled yet, which is good. It give us opportunity to get our hands involved in the field of God. This prayer will be fulfilled when Jesus Christ come back and get all the harvests of the field. Who is God using today in the harvest field? It's us. It's you, my brother. My sister, it's you. I'm glad when God wants to use your person, those that are saved by his grace, God doesn't count upon how much we know, how much our age is, how much knowledge we have, what our background is, what, we have, what we've been through. God can use a little lady in this room than God can use any elderly person in this room. You say, I am too old to be used of God. No, you are not. You say, I am too young to be used of God. No, you are not. God can use a young person. God can use an older person to accomplish his will. We we'll look at, we read and look at accounts of the Old Testament. Men like Moses has to deal with the israelites we will look at uh, abraham god called him to get out and go to a place abraham had a nephew lot they came to a point that lot's men was have a conflict in with abraham's men abraham decided that they have to de- de- depart from it they have to separate Abraham told the Lord and said, Look beyond. Choose. If you want to go to the plains of Jordan, take it. I'll take the, the other place. But then Lord decided he would take the plain of jo- uh, Jordan. It was a good choice. But the place he went was people who lived were so wicked. When he got there, he forgot who he was. When he got there, he forgot, what, he forgot about his faith. When he got there, he lost his standards. He became the one of them, he said. And God brought a judgment. Abraham picked a very, not very common place. It was a dry, sandy desert. But you know that sandy desert, God blessed him out there. And the scriptures down here we read. "I believe any of us we are blessed because of Abraham." But a very sad moment came: Lot. It's very sickening when I read account of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah. My friends, it is good to know your God and stay where God placed you. Lord regretted. And the judgment came. That kind of reminds me that God, the one who created the whole world, God, the one who created New Guinea, is the same God that created the United States, and it's the same God that created Africa, and it's the same God who created China. And God has a power in his hand to do and bring judgment. But the good thing is God loves his people. We are the one that God brings smile, brings honor and glory before God's face. God used those men. But they are all dead and they are gone. The twelve disciples, apostles, disciples, they are all dead and gone. The great evangelists, who stood and preached and moved this whole country, they are dead and gone. But who is here? You are. I am. We are here. Can God use us? Yes, He can. My wife is a very hospitable kind of person. Sometimes we invite church families to have dinner with us, just to sit down and be an encouragement to our church families. We are sent out of a very small church out in the country, and the church is filled with very elderly people. We love them because they are God's people. One thing I've seen about my wife is when she has a visitor, she makes sure the table is arranged nice, <clears throat> she makes sure the tablecloths are there, the knives and forks and everything is clean, and she makes sure she bakes a good, uh, good meal. and the desserts are there, all the details. And I'm like, I understand it's a cultural thing. We New Guineans, don't try, I'm not trying to be very disrespectful, but I think it's just how I was brought in. We just cook, we just kill, cook, and eat. <laughs> Simple. But my wife is like, ah. Oh can you make sure the, the drinks are ready? Can you make sure the cups are clean? And I said, they're just church people. And she said, no, they're all God's people. And it kind of reminds me, aren't you glad that God didn't set a timetable of his coming, Jesus Christ coming? If Jesus Christ were going to come tomorrow, I think many of us would get right in the altar. Get right with the Lord. Many of us, we go to our home, whatever is not appropriate, we take it away from the home. We will clean our house. We will clean our life. We will, remember, it is the last day of his coming. We will give. We will, we will pass our tracks. We will show up. We will make sure everything is good and in order. But I'm glad he didn't set a timetable. But his coming is imminent. But the thing is, are we ready for his coming? Are we reaching out? Are we giving out? Are we praying so that others can hear and be ready? I'm very grateful for my wife. What she does kind of wake my mind about there is a very special guest who's going to show up. He could come during the day or he could come during the night. It helps me understand that Jesus Christ is coming. He is not just a God coming. He is a very special person. He is a King. He is a Lord. He is a Savior. He is a Creator. He is more than any person. He is a very special God who is coming. But God, He's not coming yet, and He has laid the work in our hands. I don't know how much you pray for missionaries. I don't know how much you go out and witness and give out gospel tracts. I don't know how much you will follow the leadership of the man of God that God has placed in here by serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no idea. I don't need to know. Because I know there is one person who lives in heaven. His name is God. And he, he knows every detail of bit. What you do for missions. He's coming. I want to show a couple of people that God used. But whole idea of the subject of the message tonight is what God can do with one person. Myself sometimes reminds me, you are just nobody. You were not born and raised in the United States. You didn't went to great Bible college. You didn't. You don't have a great knowledge of the Bible. You have a different skin color. You don't know much about United States. That's what my flesh tells me. My flesh sometimes tells me that person will not listen to you. Don't witness to him. That person will reject the gospel track. Don't give the gospel track. Don't stop and talk to that person because they're going to get mad. That's what my flesh tells me. That's what my flesh hindering me from standing up and speaking up and witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ. My flesh is my enemy. But my God reminds me in his word. He said, I can do something that you never dreamed. Only if you can let me get a hold of your life. Only if you can allow me, let me take control of you. You are my vessel and my spirit lives within you. He can enable you what you're not capable of. He can d- help you do something that everybody will be amazed. That person can be saved. I will use you to open your Bible. I will use you to give the track to that person. That person read the track and get saved. I've got a lot to do with your life. That's because why I saved you. That's because why you are still alive. That's because I brought you in here, the place that you don't belong the same God can do the same thing for you. Age doesn't stop us from saving God. Age doesn't stop us from praying. Age doesn't stop us from going, involving in the harvest field of God. Like I said, we see a read account of man and women that God used. Preacher was, he mentioned something this morning. When you read the end of the John chapter, the last verse, it says, there were many other things that Bible was not able to record. It is true. There are people, many people, God used, but the Bible doesn't speak about them. It is true. But my second point is, God brings a young lady from the Old Testament. In 2 Kings chapter 5, Verses 2 and 3, for the sake of the time. Bible reveals a young lady. This young lady, I believe you know the account of this young lady. She was taken as a captive away from her home, away from her land, away from her people. And she was taken far away to Syria under the house Under the roof of Naaman, the captain, the host of Syrian army. She was a, Bible doesn't say how old she was. But under the shelter of Naaman, she did something outstanding. The Bible recorded her for what she did. Many, many times we come and pass. A pastor will write a message and preach on this young lady. Bible didn't mention her name, her age, but she did something amazing. Read 2 Kings 5, 2 and 3. You will know more about her. Layman had an issue of leper Leprosy. A very intelligent, strong soldier, a captain of the host, but has only one problem, that she could, he could not get a solution. I wonder how many times what he had tried, tried to kill himself of uh, the, sick, the illness of leprosy. But there seems to be no hope for him. He could have thought, maybe I'm gonna leave and die with this. But she went, he won and brought Captain a young lady. I admired the young lady. There was something good about her. She told Naaman's wife and said, There is a man of God in my land. He has power to heal him. Did she doubt it her? I don't think. I believe she loved her husband and tried to help her husband. She called a man and said, uh, this young lady said there's a man of God who is in Israel, who knows a God that can heal my husband. They send and fetch him. When we read the end of the chapter, we ended up seeing Naaman was cured and healed. Bible described his body. When he went and dipped under the water, he came out, his flesh was like a newborn baby. He was clean and smart. She didn't say, I don't care if he dies of a leprosy. I don't care. It's not my job. I have nothing to do with him. He was the one who threw me out of my country, threw me out of my home, took me off my family, my friends. She didn't say. She was willing to help this man. And she spoke up. Only what she did was speak up of her lips. God used her lips. She spoke the word. She heard the word. She brought a man, and called the man of took, helpless man, to the man of God. And he was healed that day. What an amazing miracle! When went dipped in the water, he, he didn't believe that he would be he he would be healed. He would be cured. But that very last dip, when he stooped in the water, head came out first, and can watch his whole body came up. When he came out of the water, they saw his body. The leprosy was gone. What an amazing moment of the day. My friend, if I was there, what a great miracle to see. If you were there, it would be a different story. That day he was healed. By the way, who helped him? It's just a little lady. God got a hold of her lips and directed this man to the man of God. My friends, lepro was like a sin. Doesn't matter if you come out of a good family. Doesn't matter if you're rich, live in a very nice home, drive in a fancy car, the latest model. Doesn't matter if you put on good clothes. Sin is a sin. Sin is still there. The only key is Jesus Christ. And if we, if a lost sinner doesn't come through Jesus Christ, doesn't matter what he do in life, but he will die, still die, and go to hell. My friends, I used to be just like an amen. My tribe trying to boast me up, trying to make me be the next chief, tried to educate me in my culture. I might have respect of my people, but I was far from God. You were the same way too. But that day when you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you were a changed person. I understand You still have the same body. You still have the good looks. That's good. You still have the same face. You still have the same hairs. Those hairs are there for the purpose. (laughs) I'm about to lose mine. (laughs) That's part of married life. (laughs) Don't tell my wife I said that. (laughs) But this little girl, I'm glad... She knew her God. She knew the power of God. She believed she had faith in her God. She was not ashamed to speak up for her God. She was not afraid to reach out, help somebody who was struggling in sin, to point that person to the Lord. My friend, we live in a location we find everywhere, people who drive, pastoral through our way without Jesus Christ. If you don't know how to witness, give them the address. Send them. There's a church named Beacon Baptist Church. There's a man of God who preaches every Sunday the word of God. Come in and hear him. If you come and hear the word of God, it will change your life. You Give them the address. Give them the track. Send them. Invite them in. Because this is the house of God. God has raised a man of God who stands every Sunday, every Wednesday, preaching the word of God. If he was just like a man, Elijah in the Bible, Old Testament. A lost person can come and find hope in here. The Lord Jesus Christ. But who would go out and tell the lost man? Didn't God say, Jesus said, pray for laborers? Don't you expect... Abraham would come back and go out, and tell them, invite them to Beacon Baptist Church. Don't you expect Moses to go out and pass on invitations? You are the person, my friends. This young lady said, "I, oh, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble if I, if this if this miracle doesn't work out, if he doesn't be cured healed, they will put me in jail. They probably be crucified. They probably kill me." Or they would not listen to me. Or they will, she would shut me out. She was not afraid, but she was bold because she knew her God and the power of God, what can, God can do with one person. Second person I want to say is Bible brings us in the New Testament. Bible doesn't mention his name. Bible doesn't mention his, uh, how old his age was. We find him in John chapter 6 verse 9. I believe many of you know, read about the records about Jesus feeding 5,000 people, men. That miracle won't be in the Bible if that little boy didn't show up in the 5,000 crowd to listen to Jesus Christ. A few loaves and fishes. Jesus went preaching, went up to the mountain and a crowd followed him. And it was getting late and dark. They said, well, "Let us send them home." But Jesus said, "Don't you we really need to feed them first before we send them home?" One of the disciples said, "They are not where can we find food in here? We're in the middle of a desert. My, today we live in the middle of a food chain. We live in the middle, we find restaurants. We find restaurants all around us. Aren't you glad I'm not preaching whole day? Some of you will be already lost. Some of you will be impatient. Some of you will be already dead. But they followed and heard, want to hear Jesus all day. They didn't sit a, a cool, comfy pews with mu- mu- whatever you call it, cushion on. They didn't stay in the building with a cool air blowing on their faces. My friends, this was in the middle of the desert. Heat of the sun, sun cooking them. But what more could they say? having the King of King and the Lord of Lord and Jesus Christ in the midst of them. Jesus, you see, God already knows how he can reach around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He already has a plan. You don't need to tell him how to do it. You don't need to show him how to do it. He already knows how he will reach the lost and die with the gospel throughout the whole world. He knows how he will reach the people around the neighbors, our neighbors, around in this whole town of Jupiter. He knows how to reach those people. He knows because he is God. One of the disciples was a little bit crazy. He said, uh, "He said, uh, his name was Philip. In verse 7 he said, he answered, Philip answered him and said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that very, that." that every one of them may take a little. He doubted the very God who created everything in this world was right beside him. He could have said, I believe you can do something because you are God. But he didn't say that. God, Jesus, want to show them something that in the midst of little, he can make something good out of that. But this little boy shows up in the meeting, and in the midst of this event, he was willing. He said, uh, "They found out that he had these loaves and fishes." But he was. Bible didn't say how he reacted. Bible says, "God used that day." This little food that this little boy had. And the whole fed the whole entire crowd. What a great miracle. I believe that little boy, when he went home, he had the excited moments in his life that anybody had in that place. Can you imagine? He said, uh, can I tell you something, mommy? Can I tell you, tell you something, Daddy? What Jesus did, what I heard. There were many crowds of people, but I see Jesus in my own eyes breaking those fishes and this bread, and they kept increasing. And do you know how much he was fed by what I had that day? 5,000 men. Wow. 5,000 men that day. I like to ask him, what was it like to see? a god who created the whole entire universe a little fishes and a bread fell in his hand increased and multipl- multiplied and fed that 5000 many men during that day i admire him he was willing to show up in that meeting because he knew that there was a god in that meeting he showed he didn't, he just, he just did not empty-handed. He took something. How could that many people show up in a meeting, not even have anything to eat? Duh. Doesn't make sense. But this little man, little boy, young man, shows up there with fishes and loaves. Oh, my Many were fed that day. Twelve baskets were left behind. Many went home, amazed and blown away. Could not explain what has happened that day. It kept spreading. It kept spreading. I like this story in here. Because God can make a difference in one person. Who is that one person? You are that person. Our programs we look at ourselves. How old we are. Not smart. Not well educated. God can use somebody from Africa. Then God can use somebody from the United States. God can use somebody unknown in the Old Testament. God can use somebody unknown in Bacon Baptist Church. So, what's the problem? The problem, ask yourself. The problem itself. Sometimes our mind about how great a God is about our Lord Jesus Christ. sometimes, maybe it might be a doubt that limits us from God using us. Sometimes we just don't believe we don't have enough faith. Well, how much faith do you need to have to be used? for the Lord to use you. Bible didn't say much faith. He said little faith. I believe little faith is enough to make you somebody to do something for the Lord. We have seen the three people. The first first person we saw, this young lady, I admire her for what she did. She went and delivered the message. What do we need to do today? Go and deliver the message that Jesus Christ died for every man and you can be saved, you can be changed, you can be used by God. My friends, if this generation doesn't show the next generation upon the word of God, the sacrifice and the faith and the walk that God requires us to stand on our faith and do what God wants us to do. And if we doesn't show them, we will have a next bunch of generation who will raise up, who will never believe in missions, who will never have a desire to go out in the mission field, who will never believe in preaching the message from the Bible, who will never trust in the saving grace of God. We will fail. My friends, God have you here so you can, God, you can be used of God so the next coming generation can watch and learn. So that God can use them. If Jesus Christ was coming tomorrow or tonight, my friend, your life would be different tonight. You would fix up, get straight, get right, and you would do something. Because you know the the king is coming. The guest is coming. But he didn't set a date. Which gives us opportunity about tomorrow. Go and deliver the message. Our part is not to go and force them the same. Our part is just go and give the simple message so God can use the message to save them. Our part is to use what we have so God can use what we have and bless the many around this country in a world that we, we never know of. Missions. This feeling of 5,000 gives me the idea of missions. You see, it spreads and it increases. 1% Sent out to a country that gospel has never preached, and that person lands there. He finds and witnesses to one person. Then one person takes the gospel and passes it on to the next person. That next person starts a church, independent Fundamental Baptist Bible believing church, and the next person starts another church, and it spreads out. What happens when we when we stop ourselves from giving, passing the message? The next Christian who will God use in this church might not come to the same knowledge of Jesus Christ if we not reach out to that person. The next evangelist who will stand in this country and preach the message from the Bible might not be that evangelist if we fail to reach the person. I spoke of the three people that God used one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. But one last person to talk about tonight as I close up is unknown. Could you be that person? That last person is unknown. That last person is us. That last person is you. To deliver the message, to give so lost can hear. So let God use you. I want to finish up with a testimony. I worked with a, did an outreach in a New Guinea with a young man. Before he came, God saved him. He was very, very... He was a criminal. He was a top suitor. This lady had a business. Her husband has a very huge business, very successful in Port Moresby. But this man was cheating on his wife and his wife hired a killer to kill his wife, uh, her husband. He paid this man $10,000 up front and he said, I'll give you the rest after you kill my husband. He gave the detail about the time where his husband's going to be dead nine. This man went together his group and they met in a camp out during the day and they were waiting to come out when the darkness was about to come. But something happened. This man decided that he would leave his group and walk out by himself but just wait for them at the roadside. Which he did. He came out and he found a log that was lying on the side of the road. He put his rifle under the log and he was sitting for his other groups to show up. A gentleman, very well-dressed, walked toward him. He thought he was a policeman. He panicked and said, Oh, I'm going to be arrested and spend my life in the jail. This man came and said, can I, can I talk to you a little bit? Can I, can I talk to you for a little while? He said, if you want to talk to you about anything in this world, I'm not interested. And the man said, I want to talk to you about Jesus. He pulled his track out and showed him. On the front of the track, there was a cross that Jesus was hanging. He said, do you, do you understand this? And he said, no. He said, this man loves you and he died for you. He can change you. He said, there is a heaven and hell. If you die without this man, if you don't put, put your faith, believe in him, someday you're going to die stand in hell. And you will find no hope. He witnessed to him, and he got saved that very day. At the right spot. When he got saved, he got his rifle, went back, set his rifle right in the middle of his group, and said, I am out. And they were confused and said, what happened? He said, Jesus, save me today. I am out. God called him a preacher. I had the privilege of working with him in New Guinea. Preacher, we would go out to some of the rough areas. And he would open his Bible and preach. Oh, he was not afraid of anybody. I've seen him. I had the privilege of working with him. And he would go witness all oh, that man has a passion for God. God changed him. He said, how? It was just one man. It was just one person who gave the gospel trick and witnessed he got saved. One man who lived in Australia, last testimony in Abu Dhabi, This man, every day he would go out down in the downtown and he would pass out gospel tricks. He would hand out gospel tricks every day. He did that for many, many years until he was so sick he couldn't walk out, walk up, or walk out the door. He went in his uh, house where he was living. He was so sick and he was about dying. But when, during the days he would pass out gospel track. One of the navy ships uh, stopped by, and one of the soldiers went to town downtown, and he had a track to him. And he got a track and put him pocketed. and just kind of had an attitude and said, I don't need it. But later sometime, he read a gospel track and he got saved. And at another time, another Navy stopped and went there and he received a track from him. And didn't care about reading it. But later they both got, uh, they got saved and called to be evangelists. And they showed up in a conference. One of the evangelists was given testimony, and said, uh, I got saved through a gospel tract who was given by a, an old man who lives in Sydney, Australia. And there sitting in a conference was one of the Navy soldiers that got saved. They called to be evangelists. And they both talked about it after, after the service. And they said, why don't we go and visit that old man? That, so they went to Sydney, Australia. And they looked around and couldn't find an old man and they began to ask people, he said, do you know the old man who used to pass out treks in this downtown? And one of the men said, are you talking about George? And uh, they said, he said, yeah. Can you give his address so we can go visit him? Went knock on the door, nobody answered. Finally, they opened the door and went in, they found George lying in the bed, so sick, about to die. They uh, began to ask him, do you know us? He said, I don't know you. He said, do you remember you were passing? you used to pass gospel track in downtown? He said, I remember. And they said, we both got saved by the gospel track and God called us to be evangelists. We're preaching the word of God around the world. The last response was George was, thank you Lord. See, what God can do with you, you have the word God can make do something in your life. Shall we bow our head and let's pray? God can use us. I wonder how many people will be in heaven because you have reached out witness to them. And you say in your heart, in your life, said, yes, I know in my heart there is somebody that I witnessed God save that will be in heaven. If you can't, why not? God can use us. Remember, the next person you reach out to is the next person that God will use. We need men and women. Let us help. The mission field is great. God needs us. We are the laborers. God can use us. Heavenly Father, thank you for using your word to encourage us. Lord, help us that we would be doing more for you, Lord. Father, we are incapable, but you can do something. Make us, use us through by your grace. I pray all this in Jesus' name. On behalf of everyone at Beacon Baptist Church, we thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that your heart and life has been impacted through the biblical truths of this message. If you have questions or would like more information, please contact us through our website at beaconbaptistchurch.org. That's beaconbaptistchurch.org. May the Lord bless you.